Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Hope anticipates it, patience quietly awaits it. Nine long months, Zechariah quietly awaited it. And sometimes we have to quietly await it, still our souls, and don't let all the turmoil rush in because things don't happen when we expect, when we want, when we anticipate. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Today, Pastor Ed will be encouraging us to apply patience to our hope in God's promises. We can't always expect everything to come to pass on our timing or for our convenience. Everything happens in God's good timing, and we have to trust in Him. There have probably been many times we have prayed for things and had hope that God would answer certain prayers, but for our own good, God held off on answering them. Just remember that God is good and He wants what's best for you. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith There's an older man, very, very godly man. Uh, he had lived for God with his wife. In fact, uh, he was involved in ministry. He was a priest in Israel. And during the course of his ministry, he had prayed a prayer, but that prayer went unanswered for months, and the months turned into years, and the years actually turned into decades. His old age, he was chosen by Lot to go into the temple. And there in the temple, he was going to offer an incense of praise to God. Suddenly, an angel appeared to him. And the angel told him that a prayer that he had prayed and long forgot was remembered by God. And the answer was on the way. Now, that was absolutely incredible to him because the years had changed him and had changed his wife. Listen to what he says to the angel. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be able, unable to say a word until the day your son is born. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time. God's time. Now that's the message translation. Every word I spoke to you will come true on time. God's time. Now when it comes to God's timing, 
he doesn't work on Eastern Standard Time or Central Time. He works on Sovereign Time. And boy, it's out of this world. His calendar is not like our calendar. The way he does things is so very, very different. The child is born. Elizabeth is searching, looking, thinking of a name, and it's a tradition to choose the name of a, a family member, a name of a relative. And Zachariah says his name will be called John. Everybody, well, John. No lineage with that name. That doesn't fit in. That's not part of our tradition. And then he spoke. After he wrote down the name John, God gave him his voice. He spoke. Then his song of praise, Olivia, rose up from in his heart, and he sang a song of praise concerning God's great faithfulness. We call it the Benedictus. It's found in Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 68, all the way to verse 79. And we're going to look at those texts this morning. God oftentimes makes incredible promises, but he puts them on his calendar. Not necessarily where you would place it. Long ago, the prophet Isaiah has a word from God to his contemporaries, but it has a meaning far beyond his time. He says in Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was in reference to Messiah. John the Baptist was going to be the son of Zechariah, the promise that the angel Gabriel gave to Zechariah that he would have a son and he would prepare the way for the Messiah. Someone has said, God makes a promise, faith believes it, hope anticipates it, patience quietly awaits it. Nine long months, Zechariah quietly awaited it. And sometimes we have to quietly await it. Still our souls. And don't let all the turmoil rush in because things don't happen when we expect, when we want, when we anticipate. God is a promise-keeping God. He fulfills what he says. He brings to pass everything that he promises. You can count on it. You can bank on it. What he tells you, what he says will happen. And Zechariah is going to learn that because God remembers his promises. That's what he sings about in verses 68 all the way to 79, but in verse 72, chapter 1 says, He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. So there Zechariah is composing this song of praise. And he mentions way back 
centuries ago. A promise that God made to Abraham. Now, I like the way the New Living Translation puts that verse. Just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. God spoke to Abraham centuries earlier. God spoke to David centuries earlier. God spoke through the prophets centuries before that he would send the Messiah. One of the important things to recognize in this song is this. You and I are blessed not just because of what is happening today, but what happened yesterday. And I mean yesterday. Centuries earlier, God said to Abraham, your seed will bless the nations. God said to David, and the Messiah would come through you, David. It would be your lineage. And God fulfilled his words, the prophets. Like Isaiah prophesied the coming of the promised one, the Messiah, and it all happened. God has blessed us because of his faithfulness to those who have gone before us. I was thinking about that in relationship to our church. Back when it was on Market Street, right next to the library, tucked away in the back, when they built that church, They dedicated it to the Lord. I don't know what they prayed at that dedication service. But I could imagine that they prayed that generations would be blessed. And later on when they sold the building to the library next door so they could go forward and build on Hooker Avenue. Doesn't that sound familiar? And they built Hooker Avenue Church there, Faith Assembly. They prayed a prayer of dedication, consecrating and asking God that he would bless the generations. And when they built the church here that we're worshiping in, they dedicated the church and and they prayed prayers. And we're blessed because of what has gone on before. See, God is always fulfilling his promise and he gets the most out of his promises. I mean, he really benefits his people. He blesses them beyond what they could ask, think, or imagine. Now that's good news for you and that's good news for me because we are blessed because of what has gone on before us. But those who will go on after us will be blessed because of the promises that we're standing on. Because of what God has spoken to us. The blessing that the future generations, if our Savior tarries, will be because he promised and he fulfills every one of his good promises. God fulfills it. God remembers what you forget. Could you picture Zechariah? Decades had passed. He wasn't even thinking when the angel Gabriel came to him and said, God's answered your prayer. Now, what have I prayed? God remembers what you forget. You may have forgotten a prayer that you prayed five years ago, 10 years ago, 20. But he hasn't. He remembers 
the prayers that you prayed in the secret closet or rushing just to go to work, driving in your car, simply crying to God. He hasn't forgotten any of those. He remembers. Our God is a promise-keeping God. Now, we all know to lay hold of that promise, to take a hold of it, it can be hard. Our faltering faith, like Zechariah, sometimes the angel comes, the word comes, and yet circumstances rob us of the confidence, shake our faith. God enables us to take hold of his promise. That's what Zechariah says in the text, that God enables us. He prepares us to receive his promise. How did he do that? Little boy was formed in the womb of Elizabeth that would one day become a man that would call a nation to a relationship with God, to return. The text in verses 76 to 77, Zechariah is referring here at this moment to his son. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. God was preparing this young man to be a prophet, to be a spokesman, to bring and turn people around so that they would go towards God. Oh, our fallen nature pulls us away from God. Our fallen nature again and again pulls us away. But again and again, God sets up the serendipities. He sets up the circumstances, even like he did for Jonah. God's always preparing something, preparing some event, some situation to remind us of who he is. He he follows us all through life. He is truly the hound of heaven that never loses our scent, that never loses our tracks. There, Jonah runs from God, but God prepares a wind, sends it on the sea. And God prepares a fish to swallow him. Then God prepares a plant when he's outside the city of Nineveh to give him shade. And then he prepares a worm to eat the plant. And then he he had prepared an east wind. I mean, God's all the time trying to turn Jonah's heart towards him. John the Baptist was preaching a message of repentance to turn back. To God, to remember, he's calling. I think of um, an old professor. He's He's home with Jesus now. He was back at Zion when I was a college student there. His name was Dr. or Brother Hockhausen. Brother Hockhausen taught theology. And I could still remember him saying, all sins are connected to one sin, the root of every sin, unbelief. He was quoting the theologians. He was thinking about how all sin is connected to the one sin, the sin of not believing God. Oh, we just go by what we see and what we feel and what we hear in the natural. Uh, We're so prone 
so bent by sin to go by what we see and what we hear and what we feel rather than believe. It's hard for us at times, as it was for Zechariah. But God is reminding him, turn, turn, turn. What's God asking you to turn from and turn to? He'll send his John the Baptist. He'll send his word. Dorothy Sayers described repentance in this way. She said, repentance is another way of saying that the bad past is to be considered as a starting point for better things. I like that. So God comes to the nation through the prophet. He comes to the people of God. Lay hold of the promise. Promise given to Abraham. Promise spoken to David. Promise spoken through the prophet Isaiah and all the Old Testament promises. Lay hold of that promise. Jesus came to this world for us to be our Emmanuel, God with us, to be our Savior. And repentance is not just at a time when you accepted Christ 5, 15, 20, 30 years. It's not just for the crisis moment. It's, it's not just when you fall flat on your face. No, it's a lifestyle. When you come into the presence of God, the sins of commission, deliberate areas where you've disobeyed, the times where you disobeyed and you didn't even know you were disobeying because we are so impacted by the power of sin. The great student of revival, Richard Owen Roberts, said, repentance is an ongoing process. One must be forever repentant. It is not enough to once feel sorrow over sin. True repentance affects the whole man and alters the entire lifestyle. It's a way of life where we search our hearts, where the word searches us, where the spirit searches us, where we have times of deep brokenness in the presence of God where he does surgery deep in our soul. God said, I want them to have the promise. I want them to lay hold of the good promises I've made. I'm sending John the Baptist, and he is going to preach a message of repentance. John says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Ha, that's for you, that's for me, that's for all of us. He is the promised Savior. So God enables us. He prepares us to receive that promise. But it goes even, gets even better. Because those promises are absolutely incredible in Christ. That cross, that sacrifice, that Savior is absolutely beyond description. See, God is a promise-keeping God, and the promises he gave us are mighty. God fulfills his mighty promises. In Luke 1, it says, he raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now, that horn of salvation is referring to the strength of an animal. It was considered, its strength was in its horn. It's obscure in the NIV. It's, it's not 
things that we are familiar with and talking that way. The New Living Translation paraphrases that or translates that this way. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David. Yes, he has sent you a mighty Savior, a powerful Savior, a Savior that is stronger than anything and everything you will ever face. See, this God, our God, saves us from all of our enemies. In verse 71, Zechariah sings and prays, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. I know, I know. The commentators would, some of them would try and say, well, he was talking about the political powers to be the strong hand of a Roman Empire. Well, I don't know, maybe that's some of their there, but the Holy Spirit was speaking through Zechariah. Zechariah was under the unction, and I think he was speaking for God. And I think for God, it's a minuscule thing, the nations and the powers of this earth. The real battles are the spiritual battles. The real battles are not just the decisions of men who have a fallen nature, but what's behind and what instigates and what motivates from the powers of darkness. See, we're living in the conflict of the ages. We're living in a tremendous battle that's going on between heaven and between hell, between good and between bad, between the powers of God and the powers of darkness. Those powers would want to cripple you physically and maim you spiritually. But he's come to deliver you from your arch enemy, Satan. And Paul the Apostle is a prime example. He was going to Rome as a prisoner, but he was going to Rome, a, a lifelong ambition to be a witness for Christ to stand before the Roman officials and government. On the boat, God gave him a word, said a storm is coming, we ought not sail, we're gonna be in danger if we do. But the captain listened to the um, sailors, listened to the seafaring men and they set out. And sure enough, a storm came and their lives were endangered. Uh, Let me just read to you some of the verses. A terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together. Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. For last night, An angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid. And he tells him, you're going to be able to get to your destination and no life would be lost. See, there are those times where Satan would snuff out your life. You were ready to walk and cross the street and you just suddenly stopped and a car whizzed by. And all the while, 
the angel of the Lord had his hand out holding you from going to cross. The Christmas season is always a busy time of year. The hustle and bustle to get all of the gifts wrapped and ready. The preparation of the meal where the family gathers to celebrate. It's easy to lose sight of what's most important in this season. We're sharing this special four-part series on the Advent season with hopes that Jesus truly will be the reason for the season. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith, subscribe to the Building in Faith podcast. By subscribing, you'll always be up to date with the latest messages. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say Merry Christmas. Your